Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I believe I remember having a lot of snow around Christmas. Then it all disappeared, and it seemed like we were mostly rain through January. Right. And now in the last few weeks, we've been dumped on a few times, and it's going to happen again um, tonight into tomorrow. But all we ever hear about is uh, 10 centimeters, 15 centimeters, 20 centimeters, and I, I've never really been able to visualize that. <laughs> Sometimes in inches, I can kind of visualize it a little better. Gotcha. You know? So, like, 15 centimeters is 5.90 inches of snow. It's about six inches, okay. That's, about six, that's average. Ben. On average what? Penis. Oh, right. You're going back to your, your uh, yeah. penis snow. I, well, because nah. we all, okay, if we don't own one, we've at least seen one. <laughs> some up close, some in film. And so you can, you can visualize. And so, like, say 10 centimeters. Let's say we get only 10 centimeters. That would be great. You're only getting 3.93 inches. That's a mushroom penis worth of snow. Right. Okay. That that's a trumper, as they call yeah, it in the business. Sure. Trump snowfall. The uh, 15 centimeters, that's your average penis. It's just a, an average penis worth of snow. So we're talking like 25 centimeters. To 30. This uh, overnight tonight. Yeah. 20 centimeters is 7.87. That is a porn penis worth of snow. And then if you get up to 30, that's 11.8. 11. 11. So you're, okay, that's a foot now. Yep, that's a, a foot Ven, long. That's a Craig Venn penis worth of snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had your preferred hot dog, <laughs> if you had nine or eight inches. <laughs> Um, when that's measuring from the taint forward, right? No, I, I just think <laughs> visual images. Yeah, sorry for the accident. Taint, no surprise. Um, so there you go. If if you wake up tomorrow morning and there's like twenty centimeters of snow on the ground, it's a porn penis worth of snow. Okay, and you know, you know what you're dealing with. <laughs> that's a lot of snow. If you're uh, looking for love, if you want to get married, uh, and you're uh, professionally a divorce lawyer, you might be in trouble. Uh-oh. A lot of people were asked about uh, professions that would be marriage deal breakers for them, and divorce lawyers seem to be top of the list. Really? Although our Teddy Reader seems to have survived with it. His wife's yes. a divorce lawyer. Yes. Yeah, you, you think that would actually last maybe a little longer just because harder to... Uh, to, to break it from your end of the cycle. I mean, from their end, they can mm. just say, yeah, we're done anytime. I, I wonder if the fear would be that the divorce lawyer always hears the horrible sides of a marriage gone bad. Right. And starts to think, is there any purpose in this? Tough not to bring some of that work home. Yeah, yeah I would think so. Yeah, that's possible. Although I, I, I'm, I, I'm not surprised it's near near the top of the list, but I would have thought there's other career endeavors that might top that yeah you would think you know uh when you were younger maybe if your parents uh wanted you to be a lawyer uh, the next best thing would be to marry one right you know but uh no that's concerning i guess celebrities show up on the list as someone that would be a marriage deal breaker probably because you know being a celebrity it's like a one in a gazillion shot that you're going to do really well at it there's just no stability even if you do okay at it yeah well i guess if you've reached the status of celebrity You've done okay, mm. but there's also a, there's a real narcissistic element to it. And, yeah. it, and if you've if you're one with an ego, 
that would be difficult, especially, I guess, even like the online celebrities, too, like OnlyFans type thing. Yeah, that'd be tough to be married to an OnlyFans. Well, I, you know, listen, anybody working in kind of that industry. Right, like, yeah. You know, I, you know, you see, if you see in porn, I've seen, I've heard about couples <laughs> married porn stars. Like, you kind of have to be married to somebody in the business. Yes. You, you can't be a postal worker. Right. And come home and say, I inserted the mail today. What right. Did you, what did you insert? <laughs> well, I inserted the mail, too. <laughs> A lot of mail. Sometimes multiple mail. <laughs> Big packages, small packages. Yeah. Wow. That, even even an OnlyFans. Like if you were to come home and your wife had spent the day posing nude yeah. and, and, you know, and guys downloading her photo. You have to be one of the people that kind of gets off on that kind of thing. Yeah. Like they, they find that an ego stroke. And I guess you'd have to be very confident in your own abilities to please that person. Yeah. Yeah. That they're not going to go looking elsewhere with all the millions of fans. Yeah. I know me. The lovely Maria ever says, I need a new camera and one of those bright lights. <laughs> I'm heading right to that divorce lawyer. <laughs> you ever hear the term, it would be nice to have an extra set of hands. It'd be nice to have an extra set of hands to get right. things done. We've uh-huh. heard that term. Well, researchers at uh, Cambridge University think it might actually be possible. <laughs> what? Yeah. A second set of robotic arms can be now attached to your body for you to control. They've already got a prototype for a second thumb that attaches to your hand. 600 people tried it. Most were able to use it within a few minutes. You just know somebody somewhere quickly is going to turn that second thumb into a sexual item. <laughs> it's going somewhere it shouldn't be going. Another reach around. Yeah. Um, in uh, dating news, a $40 kissing device out of China went viral this week. It attaches to your phone and lets you kiss people remotely by making out with a set of rubber lips. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that'll get gross fast. You ever looked at the front of your phone, the screen? You're going to start Frenching that thing? And again, where, where are those lips going to end up? Yeah. <laughs> you include that second thumb. You got yourself a party. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing in your pocket? <laughs> it's just my phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, a study uh, found that certain chemicals in toilet paper could potentially give us cancer. Oh, no. Well, that's crappy news. (laughs) Sorry. Bring on the cancer. I need to use me some toilet paper. Right. This is weird. The next step for computers might be lab-growing mini brains made of actual brain tissue. The idea is to link clumps of human brain cells together to form a new type of computer chip. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Remember when NASA crashed the satellite? into an asteroid last fall to see if they could change its orbit. Do you remember yeah, that story? Like the like the movie. Yeah. Well, they confirmed this week that it worked so well, we could probably do the same thing to stop one from hitting the Earth. Well, that's good. Really? But we need to spot it years ahead of time. Uh-huh. Can't they just take that certain chemical in the toilet paper out of the toilet paper? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the chemicals what helps it dissolve as quickly as it does. Oh, maybe. Have you seen those two planets, by the way? We're no. talking about no in the sky. There's uh, in the evening yesterday we saw it. There's like two planets up there that are 
very bright, yeah, and very close together. And I haven't done any research. I should ask Lee Eckley because he's oh, he'll know. Huge into that. He's on one of those planets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, and so hopefully you got the weekend off. You can chill, although looking forward to uh, shoveling a lot of snow probably for a good part of tomorrow. Um, but there's some tips I just read on uh, ways to wind down and actually enjoy your weekend. And this is tough for a lot of us with the email and technology in our phones. You got to say goodbye to work. Log off from your email and work apps and turn off your computer. It's like a handshake to say goodbye to the work day. Wow. And I know, I and I'm guilty of this over the weekend. I'll check my email. Mostly because I just don't want to get in and have like 100 emails to delete on Monday morning. Yeah. I'd rather just scroll through and delete them as they yeah. come in. I do the same. I, I, you know, check personal email, check work email. Yeah. And even if I don't read them, mm. I just kind of read through what's spam or what's, you know, the nonsense. Get rid of that. Yeah. And know just what I need to know. It's funny with our personal email. We've had the same email address for, it seems like, forever. And it really now, Maria has her own Gmail. We've all got our own Gmail, so we use that a lot. But this one email we've kept that, that we've both used forever. And every time I check it, it'll have like 100 things in my inbox. 98 of them, pointless. Oh, really? You know, fake UPS shipments and uh, Canada Post wants to get a hold of me and... Something about the cops looking for me, <laughs> lawyers after me. I just delete them all and move along. Uh, ways to wind down for the weekend. Find a wind-down song, kind of like the opposite of athletes, using pump-up songs to walk out onto the field or court or skate out to the ice. Find a song that helps clear your head or bring you uh, out of your work mindset and play it in the car on the drive home. Okay. Change your clothes as soon as you walk in the door. Put on clothes you feel relaxed. Now that's me. I got the house pants laid out. I'm. I've gotten to that point as well. <gasps> house shorts, t-shirt. I'm down to my gitch walking in the front door. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the dad used to be on the Goldbergs. Um, curb the work talk. When you're done work, don't take it home and spill all your beans to right. your family. Gotcha. And carry on and on. First of all. They care, kind of. Yeah. But not nearly as much as you do. Uh-huh. It can be difficult if you both work at the same job. Yeah. How you two have Same done career, it. that kind of thing, yeah. How you two have not killed one another. Well. <laughs> <laughs> She's come close. Because I tell you. To killing me. Certainly when you hear about your spouse's work, sometimes in our brains, we don't say it. We, we, we don't say a, a lot of the things we think. But sometimes we'll be like, you're, you're really making mountains out of molehills. Here. Right. Like, this is Yes. It. But even more so for you, because you and her know the people that you're dealing with. Yes. You hear the same stories. And so your take on a particular work topic and her take, probably, I'm going to guess many times, polar opposite. Well, and, and part of that is because she sees a certain side of, I don't know, Craig Venn. <laughs> the gentle so, kind side. So when I come home <laughs> ranting and raving about what this idiot has done to me all day at work, and she defends him. Does she defend me? It can be very frustrating. I always sense she didn't really like me. <laughs> you get that vibe from all my family, though. <laughs> well, it's true about your father. 
Not even the dog likes me. <laughs> I don't, I'll say this. Uh, in any. Your uh, mom loves me. Right. She's I'm not sure about that. kind to me. Um, <laughs> blissfully unaware of who you are. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. In, in any relationship, when you're, when you're bringing that home or when your spouse brings that home, mm-hmm. you really need to clarify right away, are you looking for solutions right. or are you just venting? Because so many times we are prone to give advice where they don't really want it. Mm-hmm. And we really don't know the situation. They're only telling us the half of it. Yeah. And so we're better just to shut up and agree with them and let, let them vent. You're right. You're right. Men are so bad at thinking they have to solve everything. Right. Or we'll say something stupid. Like, well, just quit then. Right? You don't need that job anyway. Move on if you're not happy. Because what happens, we get tired of hearing about it. We'll just be like, ah, forget it. Just, why don't you just walk away? There are plenty of jobs out there. I, uh, see, I'm guilty because I'm so polar opposite, but I think it's because this is what we, the the job we have, we really only have each other to deal with. Right. And even that can be a bit much at times. (laughs) But, but we don't, well, you hear about it, but don't see it as much. But I'm blissfully unaware of all the office of drama, all of it, yeah. and I, I I'm happy with that. Now the lovely Maria works in an office, deals with people all day, deals with customers, so of course she's going to have you know stuff pile up on her. But for my career has been just kind of right. Come in, talk about penis Although you length, do hang out with Doug quite a bit. Yeah. And you get, and so some work talk might come up there. But the good news is at that point, you're half of the bag. Yeah. So. And it's mostly me just bad mouthing you. <laughs> Do you have a favorite war movie? You know, you, I know you like your action flicks. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think now. Uh, there was a good, um, there was a good one about the, the submarines. I can't remember what that one was called. It was U, was it U52, something like that. Okay. It, yeah, and that, that that stuff just I like a lot of the Cold War stuff, of course. Like that's the Bond and right, and uh, even something like um, the Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Which, but I mean, if you're looking at just pure in the Jungle War, maybe Saving Private Ryan, that kind of thing. Tropic Thunder, yeah, that's <laughs> one of my favorite. It's probably the closest I've gotten to a war film Platoon. in a very long. Yeah, did I see Platoon? I probably did. I mean, if it doesn't have Hugh Grant or Sandra Bullock, and they're not in a lot of war flicks together. Mel Gibson and the Patriot. Want to go back to? Oh, I saw that. That was a good one. Uh, At the top of the list, when people are asked, "Saving Private Ryan" is by far people's favorite war flick. Then Full Metal Jacket. If I could change it, although it would be a different one, it'd be Last of the Mohicans as well. I didn't see that either. That one was very good. Daniel Day Lewis was incredible. Hugh Hugh Grant in that? (laughs) (laughs) There's some romance in it. Oh yeah. Or, oh, well, how do you not put Braveheart in there, too? Right. Is it on the list? No, doesn't show up. I guess they think, like, Second World War movies. They just say war films. So it's got Full Metal Jacket, Platoon. Well, that yep. was uh, that was uh, Korea, right? Was that Korea or Vietnam? That was Vietnam. Right. Apocalypse Now, Bridge Over the River Kwai, Das Boot, Black Hawk Down, The oh, Great Escape, good. Where Eagles Dare in 1917. Yeah. Favorite war flicks. Uh, whoever says watching TV is a waste of time is so wrong. There are TV shows that have actually saved real lives. A 13-year-old autistic student saved his classmate's life by using the Heimlich maneuver he learned from SpongeBob SquarePants. Wow. 
A man saved his daughter's life by using CPR that he learned from the office. Yep. A German doctor. <laughs> Staying alive. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, right. <laughs> if you haven't seen that scene. It's a great episode. Or didn't watch The Office. Actually, they're doing like a whole office display at Yorkdale. Oh, really? It's on now. They've got like actual stuff from set, the set in like a display going on at Yorkdale for the next month or so. One of the things I've heard about The Office and the reason that it was so successful, and I, I watched it when it was on. I have not seen it. Uh, you know, I haven't binged it, but I should go back and do it. Is... Um, Michael Scott, um, who was it that played him? I forget Steve Carell. Steve Carell, thank you. Well, in the American version, yeah. In the American the version. British um, yeah, well, here's the thing for me. I loved, loved, loved the British version. I, sure. I thought it was so well done and so funny and so different. When the American one came along, I thought, this is going to bomb. It can't even come close to how great the British one was. Right. But it, it, it did very well. And the thing is, and everybody that was on that show when talked about when they talk about it, say the reason it did so well is because you could take Steve Carell and put him in the most asinine, crazy situations, and he always made it believable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was so good. Now, I don't know, you know, I was a fan of the show. We binged it. But I, I, I can't imagine you know, really wanting to go see the desk that... <laughs> Steve worked at it. And that's there. Apparently, it's oh, a really, eh? this week. But, ah, people, you know. But yeah, to, to each their own. But that was, a, that was a really, really funny show. A German doctor was able to diagnose a patient with severe heart failure after watching House. Wow. Well, you think you're a doctor. You would have fi- you learned that, that out school. already. Yeah. Uh, a woman from Israel got a second opinion on her cancer diagnosis because of Gray's anatomy. Okay. A contestant on the X, fang- X Factor got diagnosed with a serious lung disease. After Simon Cowell and Sharon Osbourne pointed out a weird rasp in her voice. Interesting. Uh, And a man, oh, we both saw this documentary, and it was amazing. A man accused of murder, uh, his appearance on Curb Your Enthusiasm episode gave him an alibi. Yes, that, that, if you haven't watched that either, go back. It's amazing. Go watch that on Netflix. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but it was really... Six Feet from Fame or something. It was really, really good. Yeah, guy's in a baseball. He's in a scene of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they're at a L.A. Dodgers baseball yes. game. And that was his alibi. He didn't have the ticket. He, they had to go back and yeah. find it on And it's grainy footage. On film. And, and, it's, and it's amazing. Larry uh, David's literally feet away from him. Yeah, walking by him. Yeah. Yeah, go watch that and then go Google the... A CPR scene from the office. Okay. You'll, you'll get a good laugh. That's a full afternoon right That's there. That's right. There you go. Uh, Priscilla Presley will play herself in a cartoon where Matthew McConaughey plays Elvis. Oh, okay. Johnny Knoxville's in it. Don Cheadle. Caitlin Olson. It's called Agent Elvis. It'll be on Netflix. Supposedly Elvis is a secret government spy in fighting evil. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> Although, I must say, there is a great photo. You can look this up as well. It's of him with President Nixon at the time. They're standing together, and the president is giving Elvis an official, like, FBI badge. Yeah. Meanwhile, Elvis is out of his mind on drugs. <laughs> Every <laughs> prescription pill going. If you got an ABBA fan in your life, you might want to uh, buy tickets when this comes around. The ABBA's hologram show will tour the world. Right now, it's just in London. They had to build a 3,000-seat venue just for that show. But Universal Music says it's making plans to take the show around the world. ABBA Voyage is a 90-minute show that encompasses the band's entire career right up to their 2021 album. So you know if this goes over well, bands like The Stones... 
Kiss, right. who say they're wrapping it oh, up. Yeah. Motley Crue, they'll all be holograms <laughs> in no time. Um, and Scotty Pippen, this is this is kind of weird. Scotty Pippen's ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son. Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Yeah. Michael Jordan's son? Yeah, now she's in her 40s. She's 48. Her name is Larissa. And Michael Jordan's son is 32. Okay. Uh, nobody, wow. Nobody's saying how Scotty Pippen feels about uh, all of this. Very awkward. I would think so, right? Because uh, they, um, I'm trying to remember, did they uh, end up hating each other, uh, Jordan and Pippen? It, there the was some animosity dance? near the end of the last dance, yeah. yeah. So I guess they're not spending a lot of <laughs> vacations together, <laughs> you don't holidays. Think. And finally, Jeff Bridges says the main character in The Big Lebowski was basically him in high school. He says uh, when he first read the script, he thought the Coen brothers must have spied on him when he was in high school. He also said about half of the dude's clothes came from his own wardrobe. <laughs> He's the dude. He is the dude. Um, it bombed, of course, in the uh, in the theaters when it was released, but it's a massive, huge cult-following film. He says, I'm so happy to be in that movie. I pretty much dug it all, man. There's an aspect of the dude I aspire to. He's authentic, isn't he? He's who he is, and that's what it's about. He's a lovely cat. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.